It's the World Time Attack Podcast, a podcast about the most exciting form of no-holds-barred motorsport known to this universe. G'day, everybody, and welcome back to the World Time Attack Challenge Off The Record Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host and the CEO of World Time Attack Challenge, Ian Baker, and our very special guest for the day, Tim Slade. You may recognise Tim for a couple of podium spots at World Time Attack Challenge. Uh, He was the first driver to go uh, under one... uh, in the 120 bracket at World Time Attack Challenge um, and uh, a back-to-back champion in 2016, 2017. Welcome back, Tim. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Hi, Tim. It's been a while. Uh, so the big news, Tim, you're back with us, 2022, driving the MCA Hammerhead. Well, that's that's obviously the, the headline of this, but let's let's take it back a bit. Um, before that, obviously, people are, uh, are familiar with you from supercars and GT driving, um, but let's let's rewind the story a bit. There's a bit of a connection here um, for you at World Time Attack, and it and it. Ian, you might want to you might want to start this one. <laughs> well, like I said before, I can remember Tim playing with Matchbox cars out the front of my workshop. Yep. Um, back in the in, in the nineties. Yeah, that, that that wasn't yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he still does it. It's a few. It's a few yesterdays ago. Yeah. So I was good friends with with Tim's dad for many years, and um, actually Bruce Garland, the Parry Dakar Bruce Garland. Yep. Um, we were all sort of connected together, and me and Bruce shared a workshop for years. Bruce is actually one of our scrutineers at Time Attack now, and and um, Tim's dad Gil used to come and hang out with us, and um, and and brought Tim along with him, and I think. I can actually remember when almost when you started in go karts, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, well, it would have been a lot older than than when you first yeah uh, met me, but yeah, I remember going to was it performance uh, metal craft. We yeah, had a, I, can't, I can't remember. Were you doing taxis out of there? Or yeah, the we were originally. Ju- yeah, and then dual cab utes or something. Yeah, well, and, well, Bruce used to do the prepare the Australian safari cars, and we were doing all sorts of turbo stuff and yeah. big boat engines and. And we built a few custom bikes and all sorts of stuff in so, there, you know? Yeah, I, I remember uh, Baker as Beish and yeah, he had beige. long hair and yeah. he uh, was doing a, a custom Harley. Yeah, yeah, we that's, built the whole bike, yeah. That, that's what I remember of yeah. Baker. Yeah. What, what were your first impressions of, of, of seeing him in his element? A lot of people know Ian, obviously, from, from World Time Attack, but, you know, there's a storied history of him being a fabricator and, and whatnot. What was your first impression of, of him as a kid? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as a kid, you, you don't make uh, that greater connections with um, with adults other yeah. uh, other than your parents, obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, I knew he was, uh, you know, a, a mate of dad's, and then I think you know it's awesome, uh, you know, what he's done with with World Time Attack, and you know how successful it's been, and um, I guess you know it's it's not just him; a, a lot of people in. In, in the same boat with all the interruptions over the last couple of years. So, yeah, hopefully um, can uh, get back next year, bigger and better than ever, as I'm, I'm sure it will, with, uh, with Ian at the helm. Hopefully so, mate. We're, we're very excited to get back. Now, driving the, the Hammerhead, how did that come about? How did that, how did that story start? How did you first meet Murray? How did you first encounter the MCA team? I can't remember exactly. I think, again, probably... Uh, Baker speaking to dad maybe and, and then um, I'm not sure if dad knew Murray at that stage or not. I don't, then, I don't think I did actually, Tim. Yeah. I think so, – so so from what I recall, Murray has always had a – he's had an eye for pick and drivers, let me tell you. Like I can remember standing on the pit wall at Hampton Downs with, um, with uh, a young bloke named Earl Bamber 
right, who had aspirations to, to come and race in um, V8 supercars. And Murray said to me, you know, he's fresh off his skateboard, you know. Like he was <laughs> literally a, a teenager, you know. He mm. said, but I'll tell you what he can drive and, and we're going to put this car together and he's going to drive it. So we went and interviewed him and, and he, he told us, you know, my aspirations to, is to go to um, V8 supercar, you know. But he sort of missed that boat and went on to Porsche and won Le Mans twice. <laughs> so, so, so clearly clearly he could pedal a bit. And then, of course, um, after that, um, when he went to Porsche, obviously he could no longer drive. They put him onto a strict contract. You can only drive Porsche. So um, Murray was good mates with a, a bloke um, named Van Gisbergen who, who had a son that was racing in V8 supercars. So, of course, that whole family, they're, they're family friends. So, um, of course, Shane finished up driving – um, the Hamed then, yep. and and then I think from memory when when they signed with Red Bull, I don't think it was, I think it was a contractual obligation back then. They weren't allowed; he wasn't allowed to drive anything else. Which um, fair enough. And and I mentioned Tim, and um, I said I know his dad and blah blah blah. And Murray had a look. He goes, "Yep, we'll take him." Yep, <laughs> which, is, which is which is testament of what he believes because he's got an eye for it. I can tell you that. That's it. He, Murray is analog, but he's very analog and very good at it. You know, that's right. Um, so yeah, and I just spoke to spoke to Gil and Tim, and yeah, and, and we got all together, and um, yeah. So obviously, obviously, Murray picked you up because he's seen you know the the merits of your career. Where did where did it all start for you? You said karting. Yeah, uh, actually, little or started two wheels first. I guess oh, cool. you know, I guess a, a lot of uh, little kids have a little Peewee fifty motorbike yeah. and go on to do whatever after that or or nothing at all. But yeah, had a little Peewee fifty when I was I don't know three, four, five somewhere somewhere around there and outgrew that. And then um, yeah, we actually did grew up in Adelaide, um, so the local cart track, not so local, but it was the other side of town. But uh, we did a well, couple- that's local in Adelaide. <laughs> in Adelaide, yeah. There's no <laughs> traffic there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a come and try day, I think, when I was eight and then got a go-kart for my ninth birthday. So Awesome. Um, yeah, then then the next sort of eight years, I think, we, um, yeah, raced, raced carts. You know, Dad and I uh, travelled the countryside. Um, and then it was a pretty long um transition from me from from go-karts to cars basically we we kind of planned not to do any seniors in in go-karts and and go straight to cars but uh yeah money was always a, a pretty big um uh stumbling block for for us you know mm. we, we struggled to do sort of go-karts at the top level from a, a money um perspective so yeah we Although we would have loved to have jumped straight into cars, it took, you know, sort of four or five years to, to kind of jump in um, t- to form a Ford and, and do it properly. So, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of all, all went from there. But that meant me, you know, moving into state and, and working in a race team. And, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it, it, was a, it was a long journey. <laughs> so you were doing the open wheelers for a while after that then? Yeah, so basically like my last year in carts was meant to be uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. We um, went went back and did a little bit in carts in 02. Just as I said, we, we couldn't really make the car thing work um, just financially. And then, yeah, did did a few Formula Ford races, a couple of Formula 3 races, but it wasn't until, um, yeah, we kind of got to the start of 2005 and, and really didn't have any money to do anything. And then I, I moved to Melbourne and, and worked with uh, basically the best Formula Ford and, and Porsche team, which is uh, called Sonic, um, with Mick and his wife Maria 
Ritter. So yeah, worked worked full time there and, and lived close by. And you know they they looked after me. I learned a hell of a lot. You know just about everything to do with race cars. Awesome. And then I ended up racing Formula Ford with them the following year. Awesome. So how do you yeah. see Formula Ford these days, Tim? Do you think that's still a, a big like for many years that was that was the route that many guys took, you know, like guys like Russell Ingle and all that, they went overseas, they did Formula Ford here and they went overseas. Do you still think that's a thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish it was because yeah. I, I think, yeah, you, you look at the amount of people that have come through Formula Ford, not only here but overseas, but it's all changed a little bit. Um, I don't actually think they, you know, your, your Van Diemen's and McGale's and your yep. big Formula Ford manufacturers actually make cars anymore right, because yeah, I yeah. think Formula yep. 4 has has taken yeah, over, yeah. but um, yeah, personally, I think former Fords a much better category. You, you learn a lot more yeah. about, um, you know, the the basics of, of driving and, and racing. Um, you know, the cars move around a lot, and yeah, yeah. You just just learn a lot about car control. And, and I think also the else. the scale of the finance required these days compared to back in those days. You know, I think well, from what I can see, you know, if you had a, a lot of talent. And a bit of backing, you could sort of go a fair way. Mm. Where now, you, if you've got a lot of talent and not a lot of money, you're going to come to a real far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is hard in Australia at the moment, to be honest. Like I've spoken, I, I still have a, a little bit to do with um, with go karts. I, I work um, with my mate Troy Hunt and yep. and his team back in the um, in the Australian karting championship. So, yep. just speaking to a, a you know a few young kids and, yep. and their parents and. Um, yeah, it's it's hard because like before you just say yeah go karts and then former Ford yeah, yeah. former Ford it still exists but it's it's definitely not as competitive um, you know as it as it once was and the channel I, to go there mm-hmm. it's, yeah you're just going to get get to a grind to a halt rather yeah. where before you used to be able to go yeah. potentially all the way and and I mean before you know the, the Australian former Ford Championship used to race at all the supercar rounds yep. whereas now it's it's more so kind of at state level races and, yeah yeah. Just, I guess kind of doesn't have the the recognition um, yeah. that it that it once had. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of hard to recommend that next step. I, I I know that they're trying to work out, you know, what the next thing is to do with Formula Ford yep. and and basically, you know, create or make a a new car yep. um, to make a new Formula Ford category. Yep. Which yeah, hopefully, you know, they they can get it right. Yep. Because I think it's definitely um, an important step. You know, out of well, out of go karts, they used to do the driver to Europe, didn't they? So if you won the championship, right. I think they did, did, was it. Did they they give you a driver, a paid driver? Yeah, I I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, whether it was, yeah, maybe go go race the former yeah. Ford Festival yep. at, at Brands Hatch, yep, and and they provided funding to do that, yep. Um, but yeah, that was that was a little bit before my time. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like now it's it's kind of like okay, out of go karts. Do you do eighty six, yeah, or yeah. it's probably a bit of a or too big a step to go to Carrera Cup or, yeah, or yeah, Super yeah. Two, especially and a lot you know, more fi- money too. financially. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, it's definitely. probably you know three times, yeah. four times the amount of a budget to do Formula Four. I'm going to go right back and tell you. Yep. Tim's dad used to race Formula V. Oh, really? Yeah, for quite a while too, didn't he? Yeah, I I actually well, I was born in Sydney. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I definitely have memories. Um, yeah, of of our place over. Hornsby. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's some pictures of me sitting on Dad's lap in, in the Formula V. At, they were uh, a really at, popular category at, back in the like back in the 70s and 80s, weren't they? Yeah, so I remember, yeah, at, at Amaru. Amaru, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Awesome. So how did you transition from, uh, from from open wheelers into tin tops? Like what was the first, uh, 
yeah, full body car that you you've raced. Yeah, well, I, I guess probably like a lot of young kids, you, you have aspirations of um, you know the the European dream and 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 chasing mm. uh, Formula One. But you know, I guess that was pretty evident early on that you know, we, like I said, we we struggled financially mm. here, so we we would have had no hope of trying to go to. Uh, Europe and, and making something happen there. So, uh, sponsor that I had in former Ford was was Dexion, um, and they actually were supporting a team in the in the Super Two category. So, awesome. um, yeah, that I guess we had that link there, and um, they uh, yeah again sort of sponsored that car. So you uh, brought the, the sponsor year. along, and that bought the. Oh well, that they were already, um, you know, like a major sponsor of that team. Right. So, okay. So that opened the door for you. Yeah. Basically. So. It, um, oh, I mean, it, it didn't go all that smoothly again, just because we were so sort of tight on money. We we still needed to provide, um, you know, a, a chunk of funding to make yeah. that that deal work. And so, actually, I drove with uh, two different teams um, my first year in in the Super Two category, which was the first year after Open Wheelers Formula mm-hmm. Ford, mm-hmm. and then the following year after that, um, yeah, we 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 just we never had the money again to do like Super Two properly. So the best way. We could do that was well that I saw was actually um, you know run my own team and um, I had uh, well a, a person who's backed me uh, for for a long time in, in my career is uh, James Rosenberg who's a uh, I say I'm born born in Sydney but I call myself a South Aussie because it's where I I grew up so yep. James is a is a South Aussie as well and he actually bought um, a supercar for me to drive in in the super two championship for awesome. the for the second year so that was a a perkins car and and um yeah I, I ran that out of a couple of different workshops but ended up running it out of um perkins right race team because i was good good mates with jack and jack was actually uh my mechanic in in go-karts for a couple of years oh really yeah yep um and then yeah you know larry looked after me massively as well yeah. so Um, yeah, basically I, I did all the work on, on the car in between race weekends and then, um, yeah, dad would come over with the truck and transport it to events and then got a couple of weekend warriors to, to help out. So, um, yeah, that was, that was that. And then it was straight in, uh, yeah, thrown in the deep end and and straight into the, the main championship the year after that. So, so obviously it's a, it's a big transition to go from, you know, from carts to, to Formula Ford to Super 2s to supercars. What's the biggest, what's the greatest piece of advice you received along the way as you transition through different categories? Um, don't crash it. Don't crash it. <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what was a big driving force I, I for think, you to I, I think I think maybe like one thing, you know, because you think you're – in, in race cars and, and with a good team and like say thinking back to former Ford and whatever else and probably just keeping it simple, not not overcomplicating things. Awesome. So obviously a lot of people who are listening to this podcast now know you from your your, your time attack stint with the MCA team. How is driving a time attack car compared to you've driven supercars and GT? What's what's the biggest difference between getting behind the wheel of something like the Hammerhead? Uh, it just does everything better. <laughs> <laughs> it's got uh, yeah, hell of a lot more power. Um, goes around the the corners a lot faster, and yeah. and uh, you can. Oh, bra- braking is is probably the only kind of relevant thing, but I guess. Uh, it's because you're you're arriving at the corner a, a lot faster. Much faster, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool to drive. It's actually you know a lot of fun. Um, I, I guess probably the only thing that that feels similar from a cornering perspective is yeah, say like a, a GT3 car across mm. the top at Bathurst. Um, 
yeah, where you where you have quite a lot of aero, but um, yeah, it was and you got to definitely good fun. Those car, those cars are meant to survive, you know, laps and laps and laps. Tw- yeah, twelve yeah. hours, t- ten hours of Bathurst bumping into each other and yeah. running up curves of the Gold Coast, and yep. where you know. The time attack cars designed to do one lap. That's right. It's like you a, know, it's so, like drag racing yeah. in corners. A lot of people yeah, would describe yeah, it as. Yeah, yeah. So the the driving style is is definitely different in a time attack car for you. Is there a bit? Yeah, of Yeah, I mean curve? most most uh, yeah most different category cars that you know they all they all have their differences. But um, I guess when you've been a professional race car driver for for a fair stint of time. Um, you know, you learn, um, and and I have driven quite a a, a different, um, I, I guess. Well, well, yeah, a lot of different cars over the years. So yeah, you learn to adapt to to different cars, and it's kind of the same at at, at the end of the day. You know, it's got, it's how, got how four, was it? four wheels, steering wheel, pedals, and you you try and maximize the strengths and minimize the weaknesses. Really, how was it working with Murray? Like yeah, it was family it, team, and he's so yeah. you know, I mean, he's got years of experience and and. But he's a very analog kind of guy, you'd say. Yeah. You know, like he's keep it simple and yeah, yeah. He's yeah. If I could pick, um, you know, the type of person to, yeah. to work with, it'd be someone more like Mario. Yeah, just yeah. like again, like I said before, keep it simple. Yeah, you know, there's no no bullshit with him. You yeah, just yeah. sort of tell him something, he'll he'll think about it if it makes sense, and he'll go and do it. Yeah. Well, um, he he's got a thing where he says, "Look, I don't want we don't complicate everything. We've got to get eighty percent of the car. Uh, I think it's a." Eighty percent of the car, a hundred percent right. Yeah, you know, rather, so, rather, rather, yeah, than, rather than, than the other way, reinventing around. the wheel, and yeah. you know, so he's very. Once we get all those fundamentals right, you know, and I think up until a few years ago, like he didn't even have any data on there. He was doing it all by himself, like oh, just wow. math, like working it out, just, just using sixty years of experience and going yeah. and speaking to the driver, mm-hmm. you know, and. Yeah. So that, that that was good actually. You know, after the first year, then the the second year, um, I was at. Uh, BJR at the time, and yeah. um, I actually got that's my, right, my yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, and, and just help and well, help with all the, the sort of well, engineering side of things, but more so, you know, all the all the data and yep. and that stuff. So that was really good, and and uh, yeah, Tony, who who was my engineer at BJR, he he loves all that stuff as well, turbos, aero, whatever else. So awesome. he was he was in his that's one thing he was in his element. One thing that we've found is that. The people that love engineer uh, love time attack most are the engineers. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's yeah, yeah. all these XF1 and IndyCar guys involved now because they can express themselves. Whereas, yeah, you know, not restricted exactly. By a, yeah, a rule book exactly. So, yeah, they all want to get involved. This is cool, you know. Yeah, definitely. So you did mention Bathurst earlier, um, and you co-drove Bathurst a few years ago with Scotty McLaughlin, who is now. Over in the states, driving in indie cars, which was you know completely different for him. I'm 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 sure. Um, if you had to race in a completely new discipline, you obviously do supercars and GT and Time Attack. What would what would you want to try your hand in? Uh, I haven't really thought about it too Dr- much. Drifting. But, oh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's on the wrong way around. <laughs> um, uh, I'd probably say like some of the the LMP. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. I've I've done some some laps in a LMP3 car um, recently. So They'd be similar to a time attack car in terms yeah, of yeah, terms yeah, yeah, aero and that. Yeah, sort of actually, stuff. yeah. I've, I forgot about that. Forgot about driving that car. So yeah, yeah that's that's more similar to yeah. the, the time attack car from from an aero point of view. So awesome. yeah, I, I reckon you know some of the the I guess bucket list sort of long distance sports car racing. Um, but yeah, you know. LMP2 or, or something like that. Yeah, it'd be, awesome. be pretty cool. Awesome. All right, we'll go for a quick break. We'll be back right after this.
All right, and now we're back. So we just had a quick break. Um, now, I guess the next thing, Tim, is moving ahead. Um, like we said, you're, you're back in 2022 at World Time Attack Challenge, back in the wheel, back behind the wheel, sorry, of uh, the MCA Hammerhead, which you took to, you know, two winning places. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about getting back in the car? Uh, yeah, like, like I said, it's, it's, uh, enjoyable to drive. Um, and, and Murray and, and all of his guys are, are, are great to work with. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, as a, as a race car driver, you like sort of driving cars is, and <laughs> is there, is there, it's another is there, opportunity to, to get behind the wheel and, and have some fun. And yeah. he's also making quite a few upgrades this time around. Yeah. So, which yeah. you'll see, um, is, it, is there is there a lot of pressure that now that you've you know you've won that in that car back to back? Is there more pressure on you from Murray to to, to get nah. back in and take the oh take de- the top def- step? definitely not from Murray. And there's no, <laughs> no, no pressure on myself. You can only do what what you can do. So yeah, um, yeah, just go there and uh, do your best and uh, see see where that place is at the end. Awesome. So you were one of the first drivers to get into that one twenty window at Sydney Motorsport Park. Um, and obviously, the last couple of weeks at Sydney Motorsport Park, you've been in a supercar. Um, what what does it feel like to go that fast? Like for someone who who hasn't been that fast around Sydney Motorsport Park, what's the feeling like? Um, it's uh, it's just it, it feels like it's on rails, basically. The corner speed would be the big one, wouldn't it? Yeah, like if you've oh, and and the acceleration, like yeah. if you've if you've ever been um, you know driven any kind of car around. City Motorsport Park, the the surface um, isn't fantastic, so the car you know normally moves around quite a lot. Whereas, um, you know, even though it is on a on a spec tire, you have a hell of a lot of aero, and it's just it's just stuck. It's planted. So, well, we just seen a video this morning of the car on the dyno last week. Oh yeah, and it's still this is just a setup tune. So go, it's got nine hundred and seventy horsepower at the wheels. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> on I a think, setup tune. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, it's got a little bit more grunt. Than when I last drove, yeah, so might, well, might, well, might be a bit scary. Well, it's five. Into term one. <laughs> apparently, it's five psi down on what they planned on running, and it's making nine seventy at the tyres. So, yeah, right. or at the hubs, I should say. Okay, yeah. so how am I feeling heading yeah. in? Scared, <laughs> scared. Yeah. First word, scared. Yeah, that's good. So, so obviously, you won it twice. What was your favourite moment, though, apart from you know taking home those trophies? Uh I think it was just it was cool to see the reaction from um, you know everyone. After mm. after we did those laps, that that was probably the the coolest part about it, and and more so just just for Murray because, um, you know, for me, I just turn up and 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 drive it. Uh, whereas you know, Murray and his team are the the ones that um, you know put all the hard work into it. So I guess it was just it was happy for for them to be able he, to get that he, kind he, of result. He'd been the bridesmaid a couple of. You know, a That's few years, right. and he'd never won it. So yeah. when it, Tim won it for the first time for the team, so it would have been a big deal for them. You know, they've been doing it since 2011. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That's all right. So, um, well, I think the next segment for us now is uh, is what we call the one perfect quiz. Yeah. Tim. So we've got a timer here for one minute. Um, we've got a few random questions to ask you to get to know you a little bit better. So we've got yep. a little, little intro jiggy going on. <laughs> Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Oh, snap. You didn't know? I'm just fulfilling my uh, radio DJ fantasies, mate. (laughs) All right, so I've got a one-minute timer. Tim, are you ready? Sure am. All right, let's go. All right, Tim, what was your first car? Uh, Datto 1200 Ute. What colour was it? White. 
What's your favourite go-to driving road? Uh, don't have one. <laughs> Bicycles or motorcycles? Bicycles. What do you have for breakfast? Uh, smoothie. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Beer or wine? Beer. Favourite meal? Uh, chicken parmy. Holiday, beach or country? Uh, country. Summer or winter? Summer. Cats or dogs? Dogs. What's something you can't live without? Coffee. When's the last time you Googled yourself? Uh, I did the other day actually, but that was because I saw an old go-kart friend. And we'll, we'll talk about my old helmet design. Gotcha. What, uh, do you speak any other languages? No. Batman or Superman? Batman. Favourite genre of music? Uh, everything. Favourite song? Don't know. Last TV show you watched? Can't remember. Favourite movie? <laughs> no. Favourite sport? Uh, motor racing. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. On the money, on the time. Good work, Timmy. Only you and Barton Moore have finished on time, but you and Barton Moore are the only people that have taken the quiz. Fast. <laughs> oh, so what do you expect? <laughs> That's right. So before we wrap up, mate, um, do you have any messages for people who are coming to see you in uh, World Time Attack 2022? What, what can they expect to see out of your drive? Um, any messages for them, mate? Nah, nah, nothing from me. It's probably more a question <laughs> yeah. for the event organiser. It's just great to see oh, you no. back in the seat, you yeah. know. And um, I think the exciting thing for us this year is for the first, first time ever in the whole event that we've got three cars that can actually win. And I think every year coming to this event, there's been a red-hot favourite. Um, that sort of everyone's sort of going, no one's going to beat that. You know, even when you guys come back that year and it was sort of like, yeah, the Porsche was there, but it wasn't, that was never finished. Yeah. And, and now, you know, with the, update that's hap- the updates that are happening to Murray's car and the Porsche's had more and Tilton Racing have done a 120 on moderate boost around there now. Yeah. So, so they're going to be in the game too. Yeah. Um, so despite the fact that we're going to struggle to get anyone from overseas because of the – you know, the COVID thing and, and shipping is just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, I wouldn't put someone's car on a boat because <laughs> it may not even get here, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so uh, it's still an exciting time in this sport, you know. That's and, right. Um, and those three top three pro absolutely. cars are the – yeah, the, yeah the, they've been the champions since absolutely. 2011. So. Yeah, so – Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Timmy. Thanks for your time, mate. Um, and everyone, thanks for listening to the World Time Attack Challenge Off the Record pos- uh, podcast made possible by all our incredible event sponsors and supporters. And, of course, you, our World Time Attack Challenge fans. A reminder, World Time Attack Challenge is on 1st and 2nd April 2022. Get your tickets now from worldtimeattack.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can tune into this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you, everybody, and see you guys next time. <laughs>